Torres. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. He issued one final warning. Team Biden, Mr. Biden stood up. The president's been talking, as you know, about the threat to our democracy since he launched his campaign way back in 2019 and again on January 6th and again in September in Philadelphia at Independence Hall. The president decided just a couple of days ago, though, it was important to issue one final warning on this issue to make very clear, to leave no doubt that we have people out there that are still peddling the big lie People now raising the issue of election denial in this election by warning that anyone who possibly questions an election cannot possibly be in favor of democracy and is an envy, an enemy of the Democratic Republic. So I welcome you to Viewpoint today. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms And today we're going to take a look at this matter of democracy on the eve of an election, a midterm election that many believe is of great consequence. Uh, Whether or not it spells the end of the world as we know it or not is another issue. Uh, Certainly that's what the Democrat Party is claiming, Mr. Biden himself claiming that there will be no further America if Democrats are not reelected and control both houses of Congress and the presidency of the United States. Is that true? Well, if you're a Democrat, perhaps you uh, buy into that particular viewpoint, but it certainly doesn't jibe with uh, the idea of a democratic republic that we have had in previous years, going back, say, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Another article came out to say Joe Biden is being warned about his reckless rhetoric that is inciting violence. So he took to his podium again and unleashed a rant uh, that voting against them, that is Democrats, is a vote for the destruction of democracy. And it's been echoed back and forth by many uh, Democrats in recent months and weeks, including even Hillary Clinton, or especially Hillary Clinton, who herself was an election denier, if you'll recall a very strong election denier, and still is. But constitutional expert Jonathan Turley is warning that this is a very unwise strategy. The airwaves are also now filled with Democrats warning from leaders like Hillary Clinton that the midterm elections are about to be stolen. They haven't even had the elections yet, and they're about to be stolen. Likewise, many are campaigning to ban books by figures like Justice Barrett in the name of protecting free speech and thereby protecting democracy. Even presidential historian Michael Beschloss actually suggested on MSNBC that we could be just days away from an authoritarian hellscape if the GOP prevails in midterm elections, raising the specter, he said, of our children being taken away and killed. Wow. Is this encouraging to violence? Beschloss, in fact, threatened 
that losers will be declared winners by fraudulent election officers or Secretary of State candidates or governors or state legislatures. And we could be six days away, he said, from losing our rule of law, losing a situation where we have elections that we all can rely on. You know, he said, those are the foundation stones of a democracy. And Joe So Turley, Jonathan Turley, warned that, according to Democrats, the choice is now voting Democrat or lining up your children in front of a firing squad. Biden claimed Republican candidates won't accept the election results if they lose, charging that, quote, democracy is on the ballot for all of us, unquote. As Democrats become more and more threatened with a red wave, GOP lawmakers say that Biden has further shifted his focus to attacking the opposite party as a deflection for the flailing economy. To Mr. Biden, says Tom Cotton, democracy means one thing, Democrats having complete power. In response, House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy said, President Biden is trying to divide and deflect at a time when America needs to unite because he can't talk about his policies that have been driven up that have driven up the cost of living and people the american people aren't buying it so it's desperate and dishonest joe biden promised unity but has instead demonized and smeared americans while making life more expensive for all now those are some excerpts from a couple of articles that have come out recently and the reason i bring them up today is because they continue to bring the focus to the word democracy. So we want to talk about that here today on Viewpoint. We want to talk about the pillars of democracy. Democracy, it does not exist in and of itself. It has to be built on a certain foundation, on certain pillars. And we're going to talk about uh, what those pillars are and uh, try to answer the question, what is democracy, by looking at this quagmire of uh, accusations that are flying around here on the eve of the midterm elections 2022. We're going to talk about how even the very pillars of democracy have been corrupted and are being corrupted. But how are they being corrupted? How can you corrupt democracy? Well, how can you corrupt uh, pillars that are holding up the facade of a building. Let's say you have some beautiful wooden carved pillars that are holding up the facade, the front porch, or whatever of a building, and that uh, facade begins to slightly tilt a little bit, and you look around, the columns are still there, but there's something wrong. You know there's something wrong, and so with closer inspection, you, re- you re- realize that Termites have been eating out uh, from the inside, the base of those columns, and they're gradually losing their strength. Well, think about that as democracy or the democratic republic. Something is eating away at the strength of the democratic republic. Something is doing that. Now, another way that it could happen in the natural is through uh, water damage. And you could have wood rot that would come in. So it's not just termites, it could be wood rot. Or maybe the combination of the two that would eventually cause that column or a whole set of columns to begin to collapse under the weight of the 
the roof or the pediment uh, that is above them. Well, the pillars of our democracy support a superstructure. This pediment that we call the United States, the Democratic Republic of the United States of America. So what do they consist of? We want to focus on that here on the balance of the program today, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. If you don't have a copy, by the way, of my book, Renewing the Soul of America, you might just want to get a copy of it. It would be one of the most encouraging books that you could read concerning the condition of our land and what can be done because it actually goes to how we rebuild the pillars of democracy. How do you do that? Well, Rebuilding the Foundations of Faith and Freedom is a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation in America's greatest crisis hour. Here are the near edge of the second coming, and I welcome you aboard. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Again, the book, Renewing the Soul of America, endorsed by 38 national Christian leaders, is right there on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. It's an $18 book, yours for $15. Uh, What an encouraging book that will be. There's a reason why 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it, because it brought a completely different perspective to the issues of our time and what has been corrupting our country from the inside out. That's right. So it's right there on our website, saveus.org, renewing the soul of America, one person at a time, beginning with you. It's not about electioneering, by the way. It's not. It's about you, and it's about me. It's about the reality of what we, the people, can do and need to be in order to keep those pillars of democracy in place and holding up the pediment that the world looks at as America. So get your copy and uh, read it slowly and be encouraged and strengthened and uh, be brought back to the vision of our early founders, uh, both political and spiritual, as they toyed or discussed seriously what to do, what kind of a government we should have. Now, you recall the famous statement made by Benjamin Franklin coming out of the Independence Hall there in Philadelphia after they had had the Constitutional Convention, and he was asked by a woman, what sort of government have you given us, sir? And he said, a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. Notice he didn't say a democracy. He said a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. Now, one of the problems with the continued reiteration of the words democracy or our democracy or democracy or democracy is that it really isn't quite true. It's only part of the truth, but it's not the whole truth. And if there's any pillar that is essential to 
the maintenance of a democratic republic, it's truth. If you lose the truth, you lose everything. There's nothing left. Truth is at the heart of it. No wonder God says, I desire truth in the inward parts. Truth. And truth isn't just what I want it to be. Truth is what it is. Truth is truth. Facts are facts. So when Joe Biden says we believe in truth, not facts, what he's really saying is we don't believe in truth at all. We believe in how we feel, what we want to see happen. That's our truth, but we don't believe in the facts because the facts might disagree with our truth. Therefore, he doesn't believe in truth. Not really. Well, that's the greatest danger you can have to a democratic republic. Because if we don't speak the truth and we don't embrace the truth as a people, and we have no love for the truth, what is there left? Deception. How can you build a democratic republic on deception? But that's what's happening. Have you seen that? Have you been aware of that? So that's the first pillar, truth. And we're going to get into the other three pillars uh, as we move along here, and then we're going to take a look at how those are being corrupted and what you and I can do to stop the corruption. I've had to repair a number of wooden columns over my day, and where it looked like there was no hope. It looked like the termites or the wood rot was so great that there just wasn't anything you could do. You'd have to tear it all down. But in looking at it very carefully, assessing the situation, I discovered that there really were some ways to deal with it and to stop the rot. And indeed, was able to do that over a period of almost 30 years. So, there is a way. There is a way to stop the rot that's taking place in our democratic republic. But we have to be willing to do that. We have to be willing to see what the real issues are and to be able to embrace those with truth even though it hurts. All right. An article came out in the Epic Times by uh, Roger Kimball, and uh, I want to share some excerpts from this article uh, to help us get into this issue a little bit more deeply. He asked the question, what is democracy? He says Democrats seem to have two issues going into the midterm elections, abortion and democracy. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? How can you be a supporter of democracy when you're urging people to get abortions? Do you know what democracy is? Democracy is the rule of the people. If you're getting rid of the people through abortion, you actually are killing democracy. And yet the very people who are screaming the most about Our democracy, our democracy, our democracy are the worst offenders killing off, as a matter of fact, 65 million of America's democratic people, the ones who would undergird the democratic republic for decades to come. And within the black community, the African-American community, over 20 million of their children have been purposely killed 
by the very party and the urging of the very party that is screaming about democracy. Can you see the irony of this? Nobody's really talking about it this way, but that really is the truth because democracy, the very word, is talking about the rule of the people. Dem having to do with people. So it's the rule of the people. So the first three words of our Constitution in the preamble say, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union. So it's a government of we the people. But what do we the people actually believe about the Democratic Republic? Are we even able to support the pillars of it? Or are we actually in the process of intentionally tearing down those pillars? Roger Kibble goes on to say, appeals to democracy Democracy is saturated with cynicism. As attentive readers will have noticed, the word democracy is appealed to whenever it looks as though Democrats might lose. One sign that this is about to happen is the promiscuous deployment of the very phrase, our democracy. They really mean it. It's not your democracy. If you voted for a Republican, you voted against against your demo- or our democracy. So that our democracy is that of Democrats. And if you are not embracing that, then you are destroying of democracy because they own it. He goes on to say, it's worth pausing to ponder the evolution of this novel meaning of democracy. Originally, of course, democracy meant rule of the demos or the people. It's worth mentioning that the prevalence of this degradation in the human heart is one reason that most political theorists have been suspicious of democracy. Aristotle thought it was the worst form of government, leading almost inevitably to mob rule. James Madison warned that the most dem- that most democracies have been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths, he wrote. And it was part of Madison's genius, supported by Alexander Hamilton and the other founders, to forge a species of democracy that carefully modulated the passions of the masses in such a way that protected individual liberty. You may have noticed that the loudest voices among Democrats aren't much interested in preserving individual liberty. They're interested instead in acquisition and retention of power and the exercise of control. It's both amusing and alarming to watch this dialectic play out in elections. He goes on to cite several uh, who have commented on our national media. TV host Jane Pauley, he said, is part of the advance guard of the tearing down of democracy and the weaponizing of the election. If the Republicans win, she she implied, democracy could end in the United States. She said the very future of our democracy is on the ballot in 2022. Well, that could be looked at both ways, couldn't it? That if Democrats win, the very future of the democracy is at stake. Why shouldn't Republicans be able to carry that same? No. But they don't. Instead, we deal with the issues, not with name-calling and dire threats of the destruction of the country and its pillars of democracy. 
Bob Costa sang the same song, only louder. He said the Republican Party is gripped by people who are election deniers who should be pressed, uh, who should the press contend with that. It's happening inside one particular party. The left did the same thing to people who dared to express reservations about the world was about to end because of global warming, though. Remember that? In fact, it's going on because a report just came out from the United Nations, the head of the United Nations, warning the world that we're on the edge of a precipice. And if we don't come together in globalism, the whole world is going to destroy. Really? Notice the fear tactics that are being, the threats and fear tactics that are being used. According to MSNBC, the election isn't just an election between Democrats and Republicans. It's a battle between, as they said, democracy and fascism. Or how about a top Biden advisor named Keisha Lance Bottoms? Here's what she said. What we see with this mega Republican agenda is an effort to disrupt our democracy. Essentially, to destroy the United States of America, she said. Really? And that's the voice of the media. Well, the media is supposed to be one of the political pillars of democracy. You know, the political pillars of democracy would be the executive branch, the legislative branch, the judicial branch, and the fourth branch of government called the media. But at this moment, they're all in cahoots. The media isn't even performing its job. It's abandoned its job to protect the pillars, the political pillars of democracy from collapsing. They've become complicit in the destruction of our democracy. Now, can this happen on the Republican side? Yes. In fact, there are those on the Republican side that uh, indeed have become complicit also in the destruction of your and my democracy, our democracy. Not a Republican democracy, not a Democrat uh, democracy, but an American democracy or Democratic Republic. Now, we've set that stage there in order to try to take a look now more fundamentally at the moral and spiritual pillars of democracy. You see, if you think that the democracy rests primarily or almost exclusively upon the four branches or three branches of government plus the media, you're missing the point. If we really think that, then you have to believe that every election will ultimately determine an eternal purpose and help for the nation, and that we will endure to eternity based upon the next election. No, it's not true. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't exercise our best efforts to vote for the persons and uh, uh, various laws and propositions and so on uh, that are presented to us. As Christians, we have the obligation to do that. 
because it's a government of we the people. We are part of that government, and if we don't be part of that government, we are actually participating in the destruction of the pillars of democracy. But that's at the political level. And by the way, politics has taken on a whole different realm of understanding from its original understanding that came from the the word polis, meaning the people were going to uh, basically work out their uh, arrangements between one another or between uh, people groups or between businesses. The polis ultimately took on the term politics. But there's nothing wrong with the polis, the people. We have to work together. We have to work in an effort to achieve something that is valuable, that's worthwhile, worthy to protect over time. But how do we do that? That's what we want to talk about next. In the moral and spiritual pillars of democracy, this is the most important part of all. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Be you Republican, Democrat, Independent, or nothing other than just a person in the United States. Do you really desire to protect the pillars of democracy? Do you really want to? Are you sure? Because if you really wanted to protect the pillars of democracy, you would be willing to to do some things, to take some viewpoints, attitudes, actions that might at first make you feel very uncomfortable. That's right. Now, I indicated to you that the lead pillar of the Democratic Republic is truth. Truth is based on facts, not feelings. Feelings are deceptive. They change with conditions. They change with circumstances. They change even with your hormones. You can't depend on your feelings. They even change with pressures coming from your peers. If you vacillate with pressures coming from your peers or with your hormones or your feelings and you think that you're going to preserve a democratic republic based on those things, you are seriously disillusioned. I'll tell you. That's why we're in the trouble we're in. We've established feelings as the final arbiter of truth. 
or political correctness. I have a series of articles here, and I'm just going to take a look at them very briefly with you. The first is Dr. Peter McCullough faces loss of medical credentials for so-called misinformation. He's accused of spreading misinformation. Outspoken COVID-19 vaccine critic Dr. Peter McCullough facing the loss of his board certification in cardiology and internal medicine, even though he's a world-renowned cardiologist and epidemiologist. How can this happen? How can he have his credentials removed when all he is doing is presenting what he understands the facts to be concerning COVID and concerning the so-called vaccines? But they don't want to hear it. They want to be based upon feelings. They want to be based upon political correctness. They want to be based upon what is going to generate the most money what's going to generate the most political power, and so on. So all of the facts, all of the reasoned presentation and arguments that Dr. McCullough or Dr. Malone bring to the table are ignored. Now, I ask you a question. How can you do such a thing in a a so-called democratic republic that requires truth as the number one pillar to sustain the democratic form you can't do it so those doctors those uh, groups that are stripping away these credentials in the name of misinformation are actually the ones that are misinformed in fact they're disinforming the american people for on purpose they're not interested in truth they're not interested in true information Here's another one from the World Tribune. Independent journalist uncovers audio of 2019's Event uh, 201, which warned of the future pandemic. Isn't it interesting? In October of 2019, the Gates Foundation and World Economic Forum sponsored a war game simulation. It was called Event 201, in which the world was hit with a fictitious coronavirus. Isn't this interesting? Organizers warned of a similar pandemic in the future, which had been scrubbed from the Internet, but was recovered by an independent journalist. Why am I bringing this up? Because, friends, these people were trying to hide the truth. They lied through their teeth concerning how and why the coronavirus pandemic or epidemic, whatever you want to call it, took place. It seems that they planned it, and they had a reason. That's why some people have called it the plandemic. I'm not here to argue that particular point, but it's interesting. It's fascinating. These people were not interested in truth. They tried to hide the truth, and that's why they took all of that off the Internet. Are you discovering now why the pillars of democracy are caving in? And every single one of these that are taking these actions are Democrats. Every single one of them. 
And by the way, that doesn't mean that there aren't any Republicans out there nefarious in the same kind of way. I'm just saying the facts are that these folk that are doing this are all Democrats. Here's another one. In 2019, John Fetterman said, I passionately reject any effort to define gender as a biological immutable condition. This is the guy running for senator in Pennsylvania. He said, I passionately reject any effort to define gender as a biological immutable condition. In other words, he said, I passionately reject the truth concerning gender as revealed by biology and all science. In other words, he was rejecting in the name of political correctness and trying to fit in with a particular party and its agenda, he was going to reject truth and reject facts, even science itself. And the the next one, World Tribune. Climatologist says all climate models are over-predicting warming. All of them, he said. He said 100% of climate models had over-predicted global warming. Now, why is that? Why have they over-predicted global warming? Because they had an agenda that they were trying to point out to accomplish globalism, my friends. That's what it was about. It wasn't about the, the environment in and of itself. It was about achieving a secondary agenda that they believed was far more important and essential, and that was to convert the entire world, not to democracy, but to globalism. So they declined to embrace truth and deceived the people accordingly. God says, I desire truth in the inward parts. Can God help to sustain the pillars of a democracy when we despise truth? I don't think so. What do you think? Now, the next uh, pillar, moral and spiritual pillar of democracy, is virtue. The word virtue has fallen into very hard times these days. In fact, it's almost mocked. Virtue? Virtuous? Who wants to do that? Who wants to be that? Who wants to be a virgin? Who wants this? You see the problem? Virtue, basically, is a secular term to describe moral righteousness. That's what it is. The Bible, uh, Peter, in uh, 2 Peter, says we should add to our faith virtue. Notice he said, add to your faith virtue. So if you claim to be a person of faith, Christian faith, and you're not walking virtuously, you're not walking as a Christian. Therefore, by definition, you are undermining the second pillar of democracy. You're part of the problem. Not the solution, the problem. Our founders said that virtue was at the heart of the republic. They said, if you, if our people are not walking virtuously, we cannot sustain this republic. Interesting. Why is that not talked about these days? Because it's not 
culturally correct anymore, is it? We don't want virtue. We want to do what we want. And we want to do it our way. We don't want to do what God says. I mean, after all, that would make him a dictator, wouldn't it? And we're not going to have anybody tell us what to do. So we're destroying with intent the second pillar of democracy, which is virtue, moral righteousness. Bible, the Bible says righteousness alone exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Hmm. The third pillar is freedom. That is liberty under law. Freedom is liberty under law. It's not license. It's not the the ability to do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, to, to whomever I want. That's not freedom. That's license and selfishness at its, at its core. Freedom is liberty under law. Even one of America's anthems, thy liberty in law. Right there in uh, O Beautiful for Spacious Skies, written by Catherine Lee Bates there on Pikes Peak in Colorado. Beautiful song. Many thought it should have been the national anthem. Thy liberty in law. We become a lawless people, though. What does the Bible say about the characteristics of the end times and the rule of Satan among the people? It says that not only does he deceive and corrupt them, but they become lawless because Satan himself is called the lawless one. So we, as we see lawlessness spreading across the land, we see government coming in more and more to encroach upon our liberties. But if we would just obey the law and follow it because we want to do what is right not only for ourselves but for others, we would have freedom. And freedom isn't free. You have to pay the price. You have to sacrifice for your liberty. And there's one more. One more pillar of democracy. We'll get to that in just a moment. Stay tuned. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. (laughs) 
here on the near edge of election, midterm election, 19, uh, 2022. We're talking about the pillars of democracy. We've laid out pillar number one is truth that relies on facts, not fiction, not fantasy, not feelings, but facts. And God desires truth in the inner parts. The second is virtue, moral righteousness. Because righteousness alone exalts a nation, and sin is a reproach to any people. The third is freedom, liberty under law. Thy liberty in law. God desires that we have freedom. Freedom of speech does not mean you can say anything under any circumstance. You can't cry, uh, uh, you know, fire in a theater unless there's fire. The fourth pillar is faith. The word faith, like so many of these other words, is perverted and distorted in our time. When we use the term people of faith, it doesn't mean anything. What faith? You must be a Freemason to use a term like that. Because they believe that any religion, any faith is fine as long as you have one. And nobody can argue against you because you're a person of faith. Okay, well, that would be like the New Age religion. Everybody gets along, goes along, because they believe that each person is becoming God in their own right, and therefore they have their faith, you have your faith, and faith, the faith of the Bible and the faith that undergirded the the Democratic Republic in America is cast away. Because the faith that undergirded the Democratic Republic in America was the Christian faith. All you have to do is read the various founders, and you know that to be the case. You have to be blind in one eye and refuse to see out of the other not to come to that conclusion. You have to want to not come to that conclusion. So what is faith? Faith is trusting, just very simplicity, it's trusting God over government. Faith is trusting God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who sent forth his son, Jesus Christ, in the fullness of time to give us an opportunity to be forgiven and cleansed of our sin. Faith is trusting God as revealed in Jesus Christ over government. You say, but didn't God ordain government? Yes, he did. He ordained government to punish those that were doing evil and to reward those that are doing good. In other words, he rewards those that are engaged in truth, in virtue, and in liberty under law, and punishes those who are the contrary. Well, which party right now in America is the contrary? You don't even have to think. Because it's so blatant. Faith is trusting God over government. What the enemy of your soul and the enemy of our country is seeking to do is establish government as a substitute for God. That ultimately will lead you to the one world order, the one world government, and the Antichrist. So... Before we go further, I want to remind you again to be encouraged. You might want to get a copy of my book, Renewing the Soul of America. 
Renewing the Soul of America. Pastors all over the country have used that book from the pulpits because it contains so much spiritual truth. But it also contains so much of our history and quotes, over 500 quotations. It's edifying, but it's also vision casting. It tells us how we move from where we are to where we want to be. In other words, to rebuild and restore the pillars of democracy. $15. They're on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. All right. Now, we're going to wrap up by taking a look at how these four pillars are essentially being corrupted. And we're going to see how... We're going to first look at the corruption of democracy. The corruption of democracy means that we have to do the opposite of what the pillars of democracy require. Truth, virtue, liberty under law, and faith trusting God over government. When we allow our minds, our hearts, our decisions, our our votes, whatever, to dis or undermine any one of those four pillars, in whole or in part, we are complicit. You are complicit. I would be complicit in undermining or destroying the pillars of democracy. In other words, destroying the country. So who's destroying the country? Who is agreeing with God's viewpoint and who is agreeing with uh, some other pop culture viewpoint? Or political viewpoints? You see, God is not interested in political viewpoints unless they correspond to his spiritual viewpoints. So if your politics don't line up with your spiritual pillars of democracy, you are part of America's problem and are an enemy of the Democratic Republic. Am I making that clear enough? We need to say things with such clarity, friends, even if it might shake us a little bit, we need to say things with such clarity that it cannot be missed. No no room anymore for nice little sweet talk and uh, euphemisms, ways to dance around the truth, because we've been doing that for a very long time now, and the destruction is moving forward rapidly. So the corruption of democracy occurs when the people themselves become corrupt. Because democracy, demo, is talking about people. So democracy is corrupted when the people become corrupted. That means their virtue is corrupted. Their love of truth is corrupted. And they begin to believe or love a lie. The Apostle Paul talked about this kind of situation there in his letter to the Thessalonians. He said that they're going to fall away because they love not the truth and take pleasure in unrighteousness. They're going to embrace the Antichrist. And that's not democracy, friends. 
nor a democratic republic. It'll be an, the ultimate dictatorship of all time. The second way we destroy the pillars of democracy is by the corruption of capitalism. Now, this may take you uh, by surprise, but Greta Thornburg just came out. You know, the the little gal who at 16 was decrying uh, the environment and all of that and became very popular, the figurehead, the princess of the environmental movement. Well, she just came out and decried capitalism. She said it has to be destroyed. Well, why? We're already destroying capitalism. Capitalism is not evil. Capitalism is perverted and destroyed when it's corrupted by selfishness. That's what destroys capitalism. Capitalism by itself is not evil or wicked. It's when people, evil or wicked people, get a hold of it, and you're not going to cure the problems by getting rid of capitalism. You're just going to make the problems worse. You're going to put the control in the hands of a few, even more wicked men, and ultimately a counterfeit Christ to tell you what to do and how to spend your money. Because it's not even your money. It will be their money. Fourth, or third, the corruption of liberty. Liberty is corrupted when we seek freedom without law. In other words, when we want to live licentiously, we want to live according to our own will, no matter what. No matter what, uh, it, how it affects somebody else. So the whole idea of legislated abortion is itself a corruption of liberty. How so? Because actually it's taking somebody else's life just because you feel like it, just because you want to. I thought we were supposed to be in favor of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not the abortionists, not those who practice abortion. They've already uh, severed liberty from law, and they're doing whatever they want. It's licentiousness. And now... Through Roe versus Wade, it was made a mandate of law. And now when that's taken away, all the selfish people are screaming and hollering because they still want to live licentiously. And the Supreme Court said, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to let your states at least decide whether or not this should be controlled. And finally, the corruption of faith. When we corrupt our faith, We begin to ignore what God has said. We we disobey. We disobedience. And when you find, as has become the case, that the word obey has become the most hated word even in the church today, should it be a surprise that the pillars of democracy are collapsing in America? If the church is to be the lighthouse of the nation... Now, as we wrap up, we're heading out to vote. So I want to give a little acrostic to you concerning vote. 
V-O-T-E. V stands for virtue. When we vote, hopefully, it's an expression of godly virtue. That virtue becomes the ordering of something in the republic. The virtuous life begins to order things in the republic. It brings order rather than chaos. And that becomes the manifestation of truth. People need to see truth in action. Virtue orders the life of truth to express it so that it can be experienced in the life of we the people. V-O-T-E. Virtue orders truth in experience. Experience isn't the Lord. Experience is what comes when we honor the Lord. Where we do his will. So in reality, every professing Christian should vote. And ultimately, it's not about a party. It's about principle. And the principles have to do with the pillars of democracy. Truth, virtue or moral righteousness, freedom, liberty under law, and faith, trusting God over government. So where do you stand on those? See, we have to take a little uh, test here. Where do we stand on those? When you go into the polls, where do you stand on those? It's not an idle question. God sees our vote. He does. And he knows why we vote the way we do. So if God sees our vote and knows why we vote the way we do, how then will God see your vote? on Election Day. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner, friend, send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Don't wait. Do it today. We're rebuilding the foundations of faith and freedom, the pillars of democracy. And we've been doing it for 30 years since we formed Save America Ministries. Get a copy of the book, Renewing the Soul of America. If you want to be encouraged, $15 right there on the website, saveus.org. God bless and vote. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 